Welcome to Tripod, Improved Photography's Nature Photography Show. This show is for the weekend photo warriors, the 4 a.m. alarm clock setters so they can get to the spot by sunrisers, and the only photographers who actually want bad weather. This is Tripod. Hey guys, welcome back to Tripod. This week we're going to be talking about long-term time lapse. And to help me talk about that, we have Charles St. Charles. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. To be honest, I didn't even know what long-term time-lapse was <laughs> until, uh, well, I guess I kind of knew. You know, I'd watched like Planet Earth and you see those time-lapses where things are growing and seasons are changing and stuff like that. And that's, if I understand correctly, that's what we're talking about. So look, talk a little bit about who you are and uh, the kind of photography that you enjoy doing. I'm Charles St. Charles. Um, I live out in Michigan, but I've got several continent-wide um, projects that I'm working on. One of them is a free digital publication called Nature of the Wild. And then what we're going to talk about is um, a project where I'm visiting all of the 15 major eco-regions in the continent. And I'm leaving at least six cameras behind and they're shooting time-lapse. And when I talk about long-term time-lapse, it's really long-term. They're, they're going to be running for a couple years. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> that brings in so many technical obstacles, which we'll definitely get into. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tell my wife that this might be the largest photography project that anyone's taken on. And she says that it might be the craziest project anyone's <laughs> taken on. And I try to tell her we both could be right. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So you're going to be doing it over this, not a, not only a season, not like a growing season, but you're going to be doing it over years. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my, my ultimate goal is to be able to put up a map of North America and have all of the eco regions delineated and then have a time lapse running inside of there. So you can tap anywhere you want in the continent and, and see what's going on. And the reason it's taken several years is I just can't hit all of the eco regions in, in one year. So I, I can visit, you know, roughly four years. Yeah, that, that's an insane amount of gear required because I'm assuming that you're going to have multiple camera setups per eco-region, right? Like when you say yeah. eco-region, like how are, you, how are you dividing up the United States into eco-regions? Like what, what, it, what makes up an eco-region? Okay, so, so it's actually um, bigger than the U.S. It's, it's all of North America. So oh, wow. there's a, a group called CEC, which is a, a cooperative venture between Canada, the United States, and Mexico. And places that have similar landscape, similar rainfall, similar um, plant and animal species are all grouped together in, in an ecoregion. So one would be um, northern forests, another one would be the Great Plains, American deserts. Uh, those those are all those are all eco regions. Okay, uh, and then I'm trying to leave six of these cameras, or at least six cameras, behind in, in each of the each of the eco regions, and they'll be synchronized together. Um, so what I want is I want people to be able to visualize the North American continent in a way they've never been able to before, but I also want particularly kids to to be able to see what's going on at any given time across the continent uh, what they could see and where they could see it and if they wanted to get out on the road and and go visit it or shoot it man know that, where to go that is just so cool that is so different than anything that i've ever seen before so that that's the way that i found you is i found you through indiegogo your your campa campaign that you're running so right now you're running an indiegogo campaign that looks to be about three quarters of the way 
funded, which has to be a very stressful point to be. <laughs> I was yes, yes, because I've got like two weeks left to pick up the last quarter of the, oh, of, the of the campaign. So that's that's by that's by the way is for a year's worth of cameras. Yeah, so, I, so. I don't think that I could stand doing an Indiegogo just because of the stress level. Like <laughs> you know, it's fine if you reach your funding early, but when it comes down to a nail biter. That would right. be so just so hard, <laughs> you know, like when you're you're applying for a grant, you either get it or you don't. You're not getting that constant um, update like, well, we're thinking about it. Maybe you'll get your money and Indiegogo like they give you that status bar yep. and you're stressed out until you reach that point. So it's it's really coming down to the wire. So obviously that's going to require a whole lot of gear to cover that many regions and stuff. What kind of gear are you going to be using for this project? So, so it's um, probably not as bad as you're, you're thinking, cause I'm using a lot of sports cameras for this. Okay. Um, so, so I've got, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about the technical stuff later on, but I've got um, the cameras themselves. And then I've got what's called a battery eliminator on, on the cameras. There's special housings on the cameras and then there's, power supplies and then um we're switching to a new release of the cameras where they've got um computers that are embedded in them and the computers actually are wired into the camera to turn them on and off uh, and to send up send updates back to me saying yep camera number 16 is live and it shot 96 pictures today which is great (laughs) and then the the next step um we're connecting solar panels to them right now they're using uh, marine power supplies okay that's uh, but, what i was gonna ask is what kind of power supply are you running for these yeah so so, so you know um do you want to jump into the technical part yeah right now? Let's, let's let's do it this is the okay. part that i'm excited about i want to hear right. the technicals okay so you know the the biggest challenge in all of this is is power supply and so i've i've explored all kinds of different alternatives and i i get all kinds of cameras to test like I like I got a Taiwanese camera that was said it would run for um, months, and I I ran it overnight in the snow here, and it, it died after six hours. You know, because <laughs> it turns so, out it's warm in Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've never seen snow. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, what you need to do for a long term time lapse is not run off the battery that comes with the camera. Mm-hmm. So, so if you've got a DSLR, maybe you can run for six hours. If you've got a sports camera, you're lucky to run two and a half hours. So, the first thing you need to do is get a hold of a, what's called a battery eliminator. And the battery eliminator uh, for sports cameras comes in several different flavors. So, most of these cameras have a USB port, and you can actually run USB directly into the camera, or there, some of the battery eliminators actually have a component that's shaped just like the battery and it plugs into the, the battery port. And then you have to have an extended housing in order to right. fit that. <clears throat> and then the one that uh, I'm leaning towards right now are um, bus connectors. So like if you look at the older GoPros, there's a 30 pin bus in the yeah. back that has mm-hmm. power coming in. And the reason I like that is I can actually um, run other things into those pins and start controlling parts of the camera with that. So mm-hmm. we've kind of been modifying the cameras. That's very cool. So yeah, if you're using action cams, you're not going to be able to control most of them remotely 
So I take it you're going to have to have somebody in the area to actually go operate these things and like go check on it and like camera 432 went down today. Can you go check yeah. on it? Yeah, but hold that thought because we actually are moving in the direction of, of controlling them remotely. So, oh, cool. So, cool. so yes, I've been uh, kind of building a network of, of people who are almost as crazy as me who are willing to help host the, <laughs> the cameras. Um, so... All the cameras are being hosted in places like national parks, state parks, nature centers, and and individuals. Like mm-hmm. you and I know Rags, and Rags is going to host one. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. So when you're doing a time lapse this long over that scope of time, how how many frames per day are you doing? Like, are you doing one per minute? Are you doing one per hour? Like, how many frames uh, are you doing? Okay, so... So this is an excellent question because it gets into some of the limitations of sports cameras. Mm-hmm. So if you're shooting with, with a GoPro, the longest interval you can shoot out of the box is once per minute, which sucks because you only need like once every 10 minutes, once every 15 minutes, which right. is what, you know, what I'm aiming for. So there's a couple ways to get around this. Um, have you ever heard of Magic Lantern? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you, uh, yeah, for those that don't know, Magic Lantern is a firmware, like third-party firmware for Canon cameras, usually for Canon. And it completely changes the possibilities of what your camera can do. Yeah. So there's there's equivalent software for, for GoPro, and it, it ends up that compact flash card or your SD card that you put in your in your computer it's a lot like boot, or I'm sorry, in your camera, it's a lot like booting up a computer. You can actually put files on those cards, turn up the camera, and you can extend the functionality of the, mm-hmm. of the camera. So there's software that you can put in a GoPro that will change the, the longest interval to whatever uh. you want it to be. But the catch is the camera is still running in between those intervals. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, you, so, you know, what we've had to do is find ways to actually turn the camera off in, in between shots. And that's where that, that bus connector comes in. I see. That way you can power it down and then power it up right before it's time to take a photo, take a photo, power it down. Whoa. And that's right. going to greatly extend your battery life. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the, the next round that we're looking at, we've got solar panels on there and we've got, you know, a computer that's sitting. Uh, well, so this going to, I should throw this in there. So have you ever heard of Raspberry Pi? Not, not the thing you have for dessert. <laughs> no, I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's very delicious. <laughs> yeah. I love me some Raspberry Pi. Well, you wouldn't want to take a chunk out of this one. So, <laughs> so there's a group in Britain that's been making these incredible tiny little computers. Everything's on a board and it's about the size of a pack of cigarettes. And it, and at the most, it costs $35. So wow. it's it's got Unix running on it. Uh, it's got HDMI out. It's got a whole array of, of GPIO pins so you can control things with it. For 35 bucks, it is an awesome little machine. <laughs> that is cool. That's cool. So, so, you know, the whole reason they built these machines is to get kids to learn how to control hardware instead of just playing games with computers, which is neat. And there's millions and millions of these out, out in the field now. So we've, we're hooking these up to um, our sports cameras right now to turn the cameras on and off. But also uh, we're trying to get an un, un, unnamed telecom company to, to help uh, give us some, some free... Um, 
texting and cell accounts that we can actually uh -huh. communicate back and forth with the camera. So we are moving towards being able to control the cameras remotely and get the data off from them remotely. Very cool. Um, but, the, but in the, the meantime, thing, but in the meantime, yeah, yeah. you're probably going to have to have some runners or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so let me... Let me wrap up that big version first and then I'll come back to reality. Okay, <laughs> okay sure. So, so um, we're actually looking now at taking cameras and connecting them to the, or I should say camera boards and connecting them to the Raspberry Pi so that there isn't even a sports camera in the picture. Oh, wow. Which simplifies things a lot. And it, and it also makes this whole thing into a really cool little STEM project that people can build their own, their own time-lapse kits for a fraction of the cost of going out and getting a sports camera. Oh yes. That's cool. And then, yeah. and then there's com campaign number two <laughs> right yeah. there. <laughs> yep, yep. Very cool. Okay. So, um, right. so back yeah, to so reality, back to, like, right, exactly. <laughs> you're going to probably have to have runners. Uh, I imagine they're going to be changing batteries and changing SD cards and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, um, just yesterday I was speaking to, um, uh, an education interpreter at Custer state park in, in South Dakota. And we were talking about placing, two cameras out there. Um, one would be like on a controlled burn. Uh, so for, for those who might have heard that before, that's where you, you um, burn like a grassland and then you, you let the, um, the grassy area be maintained the way that it normally would have been if there had been fire prevention. Yeah. Which would so, be a really interesting thing to watch a, a long-term time-lapse of, not just for the burn part of it, but to watch that new vegetation come in and change and evolve and to see the yeah. difference between what is there now and what's going to be there. Well, not only that, but you get this huge influx of wildlife coming into it. So you, you got all this rich grass coming up and everything from bison, the prairie dogs, the antelopes, they, they'll just flock there. So it'd be a really, really good education opportunity because people, you know, think of fire as an enemy, but it's actually, it's like a tool in nature. It enables a lot of things. Yeah. So, so, so I talked to her about, um, putting camera on a control burn. And then the other part of this is these cameras are kind of going up into two types of areas. They're going up into like events, like, like we just talked about, and then they're going into, long-term areas where I want to be able to show the passage of, of the seasons. Yeah. So when I finally get this map up, you know, it's really important that everybody's able to see what the seasons look like at any given time at any given place in the, or any given eco region in, in the continent. So some of these cameras never move and some of them are moved from one event to the next event. So, so yeah, we're, we're kind of um, making agreements with a lot of biologists that are out there because they're in the field anyways. And, you know, we tell them once every six weeks, we need a battery change and to flip the cards and, and then to send the data back out to us. That's pretty impressive that a battery could last that long, potentially. That, that's pretty so, good. Okay. So, yeah. So going back to, going back to power. So, you know, once you've got um, a battery eliminator in there, the best type of battery eliminator to get is one that has a, a USB uh, connector on it. And then once you do that, it opens up the whole world of power supplies for you. So if you've got what you might think of as a long-term, <laughs> long-term time lapse, which like it could be a couple of days, you know, for most right. people that's long, mm -hmm. you can, you can power that with a power brick. 
you know, just, just one of these little, um, you've seen them before. You yeah. Like, the the, like anchor power bricks that are right. Yeah. The external power yeah. supplies is the big battery yeah. basically. Right. Exactly. And then like, um, I've got other places that the, the long-term time lapse is right outside of a visitor center and we actually can run AC nice. out to the camera, mm. put in the USB, um, like a dongle on the AC and wrap it all up in tape. And that's it. That's all you ever have to do power wise for the, for the life of the project. That's nice. And then which I'm works like, really well until somebody trips over the cable. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we should bury it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and actually I'm going to pull up. Okay. So, so there's another um, product. I think there's probably lots of these, but I use one from um, Drock. It's called a buck power converter. So it's, mm -hmm. I connect these to marine batteries and they step down the voltage and the, and the amperage. Uh, so you can, you know, you can put one of these on the terminals on a marine battery and it goes for weeks and weeks and weeks. And if you nice. can actually make the hardware adjustments that I talked about, talked about where you're actually turning off the, the, the cameras and the, and the computers, it can last even longer. And, yeah. and this is like a, $12 piece of hardware. It's not, it's not bad at all. Very nice. So you, you just have to know at this point you're talking like riding lawnmower battery kind of size or uh, like, um, like you would find in a, in a, in a boat, um, okay. to, to power like a trolling motor. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh -huh. so, so, so those batteries are not cheap. Um, but they save you, you know, having to leave Michigan and <laughs> yeah. go to South Dakota and change the battery. So it's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> yeah, either is, uh, you know, traveling across the continent. That's not cheap either. Right. Such a big project to take on. You must you must have had some kind of previous experience with time lapse to even consider taking something on of this magnitude because this is a very ambitious project. What are your roots into time lapse? Like what what got you involved with it? <laughs> So I blame it all on my wife. <laughs> um, you know, she became very enamored with, with time lapse. And so I started shooting it and I started, I teach at a local college here as well. And then I actually had the idea for this project for a long, long time, over a decade, but I didn't have a mechanism to, you know, to travel the, the continent, pull it all, all together. Yeah. And then I, I started the digital publication and I'm writing all kinds of articles. And I'm like, oh, you know, this is it. I, I, I'm already out in the field. Uh, I just need to really good people who will help me with it. And, you know, every time I sit down and I talk to a group face to face, there's always someone who's willing to help. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. The great people you, you run into when you, when you get out in the mm -hmm. field. Well, let's talk about end product of this now. Like, how are you going to put all of this together and how are you going to display it on a website for somebody to look at? Are they going to be looking at like the previous season? Um, how much footage are they going to be looking at when it's all up and on some website? Okay. So, um, I want to have the user interface be this map of the, of, of the continent. Um, but I want to change that map of the continent. So instead of seeing the outline, you're actually seeing um, masked video running oh, cool. inside of it. And then I, then I want people to be able to tap in the eco region. So, so let's say that we're talking about the great plains and I've, and I've picked one camera to represent the great plains, but I actually have six of them out there. I want you to be able to tap on the Great Plains and then have that view expand so that the the ecoregion grows on your screen and you can see 
multiple video running inside there and then you could tap to select that and then i oh, want cool. you to be able to see what's the most recent video that's come across in the last day and then i want you to be able to synchronize across a whole year so you know eventually i want to have this interface where you literally can visualize what a year in the continent looks like really really cool are you going to be putting this stuff together like in a Photoshop or you or Photoshop or some kind of video editing software, or are you going to try to streamline that somehow? Uh, so, <laughs> all right. So there's, there's what I know I can do and there's what I hope that I can accomplish. So, <laughs> right. so, 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 so let me tell you first what I know I can do. <laughs> so there's a, there's a piece of software called LR Time Lapse, mm -hmm. and it's software that uh, sits between Lightroom and the the frames that you've collected. And, and I guess which probably probably in the first sentence I should have said so when you're shooting time lapse, what you're what you're doing is you're taking a whole series of still shots, and each one of those still shots becomes a frame in a in a video. Mm -hmm. So so that's how we're putting everything together. And the LR Time Lapse, um, one of the really big problems with with long-term time lapse is flicker uh, because the the light from day to day can change so radically uh you know depending on the weather and the cloud or whatever yeah so you have to have a way to filter out the the, sh the shots that are usually too dark sometimes too light that doesn't happen a lot but dark 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 is a serious problem so lr time lapse um among other things, um, lets you find like the the median exposure over a period of time, and then you can create a filter and eliminate the the shots that fall outside of that, or do some sort of adjustments to get them to fall inside of the, the luminosity range. So, mm -hmm. so once you have filtered those out, then you can pull it back into um, Lightroom and you can set keyframes and make any kinds of adjustments inside the keyframes to even things out even further if, if you want to or if you've got like a sunrise or sunset you know you can set up the keyframes to emphasize that sunrise or sunset so so lr time lapse is a a great tool for for anyone who's wanting to work with really long-term time lapses Very so, cool. and then um there's just a, so, so that's kind of putting together all of the 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 frames that are going to end up in the video. And then the other thing to realize is that you're shooting at a resolution that's much higher than HD video, which is actually opens up all kinds of other possibilities for you. So, you know, you, you've probably seen sliders before. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so sliders is like a, a mechanical way to move the camera inside the the time frame that you're taking the shot. Well, they're not very practical for, <laughs> not for <at> doing <laughs> yeah, long-term time lapse. You need right. to move one centimeter every three days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or not even that. <laughs> right. So, so they're not real practical with long-term time lapse. So one of the cool things are um, when you're taking these individual frames, the resolution is so much higher than the, the final video that what you can do inside of these tools is you can pick a, a window inside the still shots and animate the movement of that that window so you're getting a, a view inside the high resolution stills that is the mm -hmm. proportions for an hd video and then you can slide that view across the the scene over time which is yeah which is really neat it, you know it allows you to 
make it look like you've got a slider when you, when you really don't. Right. The, the result will be a very, a much more cinematic, smooth zoom or a smooth pan across the frame. Right. And it just yep. will make it look so much more cinematic. Very cool. Right. Yeah. So, so like, um, one of the examples I, I show people this all the time, I've, I've got, uh, I did three weeks of the, uh, trilliums coming up in the, in the Northern forest. So it's a, it's a carpet of trilliums. And before the trilliums make make their appearance, there's uh, Dutchman breeches and uh, there, there's other spring beauties, other other flowers. So I'm able to take that three weeks and pan across the raw footage, and you know you're able to see not just the view of the woods, but as you're moving, there's like this whole parade of different wildflowers that show up and. And you see the trilliums bud and you see them bloom. And then when it rains, you see them pout. And then when the sun <laughs> comes up, you see them lift their head up again. And, and all this, cool. this kind of pans across the hillside. So, so that's a, a great tool that I use individually. What I would like to see in the long term, uh, and if there's any uh, employees of Google listening, <laughs> pay close <laughs> attention now. <laughs> so, so Google hosts YouTube. And I'd like to see YouTube start supporting long-term time lapse where you could feed your individual frames into an ongoing YouTube video and it could build the time lapse for you and it could geo-synchronize where that, where that video has come from. So anybody could get involved in a project like this. That's, that's a really cool idea. Wouldn't and that be neat? That would, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, last January I was in Taiwan and I was, I was talking about this project and um, a kid came up to me, I shouldn't say a kid, a college student came up to me afterwards. I, I was at a, at a college and he says, um, would it be okay if I did a, a project like this in Asia? And I'm like, you know, if more people like this pulled this together and we could have a world view of this, how awesome would that be? Oh yeah. This is not my project. I would like this to be everybody's project. I mean, that, that would be a huge success for, for this project. That's so cool. So to get this off the ground, you're, you obviously are going to need not only helping hands, but it is an Indiegogo project and it needs to be yeah, funded. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody is interested in this, where should they go to um, help fund the project? So um, go to Indiegogo.com and do a search on Symphony of Life. Okay. Then is it possible I could give you the link and you? Could yes, absolutely. We'll put links in the show notes for sure, and um, I'll share this on on the Facebook pages as well, and and put links there as well. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, it sounds like a big project, but it's actually not big money. We're we're down to like under five thousand dollars, and these kits with the with the cameras and the housing and the the power supply and everything we're still talking under six hundred dollars so cool. six hundred six hundred dollars gets a camera out in the field and if and if you you know you can contribute any anything you want but if someone does contribute on that level they actually get a trailer and all of the videos that come come out of that camera for the life of the camera which is oh cool very it's cool. just sort of like three years of free advertising you know nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, so. so the name of the campaign is symphony of life and you can find that at Indiegogo, right? And we'll put links yep. in the show notes. We'll put links on our Facebook pages. Um, yeah. What, what other information should we get out there? So, so you know, all of this sits inside of a, a bigger project called Nature of the Wild, where I'm trying to feature um, the ecology of each of these ecoregions and endangered species and volunteer opportunities. And it's all free. 
Uh, and then we've got a, a time-lapse newsletter. So, you know, it's okay if you, if you can't uh, sponsor this. The whole idea is to make this available to as many people as possible and get as many people as possible to be able to visualize our continent and to care for, for what's going on. And kids are a huge part of this project. I, I was in Nebraska shooting a sandhill crane migration a couple weeks ago, um, and I had like a, a little five or six-year-old boy standing next to me, and there's this, it's the largest migration on the continent. It's just awesomely beautiful and incredible. We've got tens of thousands of birds flying over us, and this kid says, um, is this real? And that was so poignant, you know? I mean, it, it's, it's innocent and naive, but it's also a kid who no longer knows what's reality and what's not, you know, cause he's so his interface to the natural world is usually electronic and he just happens yeah. to have a, mo a grandmother who took him out to see this. Those are exactly the kids I want to reach. I want them to know, you know, we live in a fantastically beautiful, amazing, exciting, incredible continent and world. And here's where you can go see all of these amazing things. And that's, mm -hmm. it's, I don't want anybody to pay a penny for that. I want, you know, all of us to make it possible for anyone to come see what's going on. It's kind of funny the the uh, age of the Internet in a lot of ways has made the world much smaller, but it's also made the world a little bit more distant. You know, like yeah. they see it more often, but they never experience it for themselves because they're never out in it. You know, right? yeah, exactly. So it's it's there's so much as possible for all of us to come together. But at the same time, um, a lot of it has become very abstract for people, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so true. Well, Charles, I'm really excited about this project. I encourage everybody to go over, take a look at the scope of it. If you have a few bucks to throw towards it, I think it would be a very worthwhile use. And I'm really excited to see where this goes. And hopefully I'll be manning a camera for you. I'll be changing batteries for you somewhere. Oh, oh that's great. That's great. <laughs> you all heard that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I can squeeze out an hour every six weeks, maybe. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Charles. And make sure that you guys all go and check out his campaign. Thanks for Thanks, coming Nick. on, Charles. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, you can always find us over at Instagram. Just do a search for Nick Page Photography, Majid Batazadigan, or Jim Harmer, and you can find us over there. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Hey.